Good evening, everybody. Um, thank you so much for inviting me to come and share what the Lord Jesus Christ has done in my life. Um, I'd just like to start with a scripture. Uh, Psalm 107. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he has redeemed from the hand of the enemy. Um, so yes, the Lord Jesus Christ redeemed me from the hand of the enemy. Um, and I'll give you a bit of a background on myself. Uh, I'm married to Robert and we've been married 14 years and I have four daughters, ages six, eight, 10 and 12. Um, so yes, I'm a, a busy stay-at-home mum. I'm born again just over four years. Um, I'm from a lovely family, a mum and dad, brother and sister, but um, I wouldn't have went to church as a child. Um, I would have been totally unlearned in the things of God. And anything that I learnt uh, about the Lord Jesus Christ would have been in primary school um, through Bible stories or um, I think from a short space of time that I went to Sunday school with a, a friend in my class in primary school and I think I was sent to Sunday school to give my mum's headpiece. Um, so yes, all the things that I learnt about the Lord Jesus Christ in school, um, baby Jesus in a manger and Bible stories like that. But there's a Bible verse that, um, that speaks to me and it's in Exodus chapter 15 verse 3. And it says, the Lord is a man of war. The Lord is his name. This is the Lord Jesus Christ that I met. And this is the Lord Jesus Christ that saved me out of a very dark place that I had got myself into. Um, most of my adult life, I would have taken advice from people. Um, for example, when I was pregnant, I was advised to um, have reflexology done for uh, a breech baby. I would have been advised to um, do pregnancy yoga for um, labor, baby yoga to help the baby sleep, and then yoga, just uh, postnatal yoga to help you um, get fit and healthy again. I would have practiced mindfulness um, to just for, for head space. Um, I would have took advice from, from anyone really. Um, just to try and fix myself and make things better for me. Um, I, whenever, all, when, when this uh, started happening to me, I was advised by a friend um, to get some Reiki healing done. Um, and all these things that I've mentioned, um, they're very uh, subtle and very nice. But I can tell you now that these um, practices and, and things are not of God. They are not of our Lord Jesus Christ. Um, I was getting some pains in my hands and feet. And uh, my best friend at the time advised me to get some Reiki healing done. Uh, I was due to go to the doctors and get some blood te tests taken. And uh, she said, no, you just need balanced out. You just need your energy balanced out from having all the babies very close together and, and being a busy stay-at-home mum. So I took my uh, friend's advice 
and I went to um, a, a girl, a nice girl, who had her garage transformed into a really lovely um, therapy room. And uh, yeah, I told her that I had pains in my hands and feet. My friend would have been into um, uh, fortune telling and, and things like that, which um, I knew was wrong. <laughs> um, so I wouldn't have done anything like that. Um, and I told, told this to the girl, I said, you know, my friend's into all that kind of hocus pocus. I'm not, I'm here because I have pains in my hands and my feet. And she has told me that you can take it away. And um, she said, well, I can see you're quite nervous. So I normally say a prayer to myself. Um, so I'll pray out loud and just to give you a bit of peace of mind. So uh, she prayed and it was dear God. And I don't, can't even remember what the prayer was, but um, her prayer was good enough for me. Um, so she practiced Reiki healing on me and the pains in my hands and feet went. And she told me at the end of the session that um, she could train me to, to do Reiki healing on other people. Um, and I explained to her, you know, I'm a stay-at-home mum. I'm very happy being a stay-at-home mum. And I have no aspirations to start my own business or anything like that. Um, and she said, but you could do it on your children um, if they get stressed. Or, or you could do it on your husband if he has a stressful job. So I uh, took her advice and I said, right, okay. So um, at another date, I went back then to her house and um, she showed me how to do um, recce on, on other people. And it was just simple things like moving your hands and to placing them on different parts of your body, like your head or your shoulders or your knees. Um, and she said that at, uh, what you have to do then for two weeks, you have to do this on yourself and then you can do it to others. And I said, right, okay. So um, I went home and uh, with the booklet that I had and, and done what she told me to do. And after about five days, uh, I had a strange feeling that my hands wanted to move by themselves, as crazy as it sounds. And I phoned the girl and I said to her, listen, my hands feel like they want to move by themselves. It, it doesn't feel right. It's totally freaking me out, to be honest. And she said, well, that's fine. Do you know, that? that's all fine, what, what's happening. Um, but you have free will and you can stop at any time. So I stopped. And uh, shortly after, weeks after, my husband and I was going to Edinburgh to visit his auntie that had been sick and there was a, a bit of like a family reunion getting together and um so yet yeah, we went to edinburgh and i just didn't feel right and i was sitting having a conversation with my sister-in-law and she um i don't even know how how the subject got round to it but um she said that um, she quite likes the idea of Buddha because Buddha, the philosophy there is to be nice and to be kind to others. And it seemed, it seemed nice to her. And she said that she'd tried reading the Bible before, but when she got to um, Cain and Abel and, you know, murdering, um, she stopped reading because she has four sons. And um, I said to her, you know, I, I wouldn't even have a Buddha in my house because the commandments say that you're not allowed to worship any other god. 
And the reason I knew that was because many years ago, me and my mum watched the Ten Commandments on TV, Charleston Heston. So that's how I knew that. Um, little did I know that I had broke that law a long, long time ago. And uh, we went to bed that night in the hotel. And in the middle of the night, um, I just woke up and I just said to Robert, we need to get out of here. We need to get out of this place. Um, this place is evil. We need to get out. And Robert, being the good husband that he is, he um, he got up and we um, we left. And this was in the middle of the night. And something was very very wrong. And something something was wrong, but I didn't know what was. And we got out of the hotel, and I literally ran and fell to my knees. And I couldn't speak. All I could say was ho, ho, ho. That's all I could say. And I didn't know what was going on, but I knew that something really, really bad had happened. And so Robert phoned his mum. And in the middle of the night, his mum and his auntie came around and collected us from outside the hotel. And uh, we went back to his aunt's house and we stayed there. And the whole night, my skin just crawled the whole night long. And I knew something was really wrong, but I didn't know what. And so I prayed the Lord's Prayer. The Lord's Prayer was the only prayer I knew. So I prayed it over and over and over again. And I didn't sleep at all that night. The next day we got up and I said to Robert, as we were getting back on the plane, you need to pray for me. Something really, really bad has happened, but I don't know what but I need you to pray. Now, my family, there's no uh, Christians. In Robert's family, there was no Christians. But I knew something was really, really wrong. Um, so, and another thing is, Robert and I, out of our family, are the really sensible ones. So, um, Robert has three sisters and I have a brother and sister. So, if, if they ever needed advice or, you know, they would have came to us. We were the ones that were sensible. So the fact that this was happening to us, it was just, just couldn't understand. We just couldn't understand. But I knew something was badly wrong. And we got home then from Edinburgh. And um, the next day, I had to go and collect the girls from, from school. And I was in the car and I started getting these thoughts in my head that I needed to leave my husband and that he was no good for me anymore and I needed to get rid of him. And well, that scared the life out of me because I knew that those thoughts didn't belong to me. Robert and I were in P1 together. We've been going out since we were 16. So it was just totally, those thoughts weren't my thoughts. And it really scared the life right out of me. Um, so in my whole world, I didn't have any Christian friends. And I had a friend, Kleina, who always talked about her mum, that her mum was a praying lady and she prayed for this and she prayed for that. And I worked with Kleena. And um, so I phoned. As soon as I started, those thoughts came into my mind. I knew something was wrong. And she was the only praying lady in my whole world that I knew. So um, I phoned Kleena's landline and praised the Lord that um, Nula lifted the phone. And I said, Nula, I have done something really, really wrong, but I don't know what. I need you to pray for me. And 
she said, well, I'm minding my grandchildren. And I said, well, I'm on my way and I've got the four girls with me. So I drove to Lisburn and literally fell into Nula's arms. And she prayed for me. I could feel my shoulders go down. And every time she stopped praying, I could feel my shoulders go up. And I just couldn't understand what was going on. Um, so my husband came out of work and phoned my mum and dad. My mum and dad came out of work. And my Aunt Aileen, who has lived with um, us, my mum and dad, for years, she's Down syndrome, they all came up to the house, up to my house, because something had happened. Um, and I just remember standing in my sunroom, and I had my mum and my dad and my husband. And I remember looking at them and saying to myself, all your love and all your money isn't going to fix me. I did it, but I didn't know what what. What would? They didn't know the gospel message. They didn't know that in, in the Bible it says, those who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. They didn't know. I didn't know. But I knew something was really, really wrong. And all the love and all the money in the world would not help me. So my dad said, let's phone the doctor. I said, yes, let's phone the doctor. She'll fix, she'll fix me. She'll know what to do. So she came out the next morning and uh, she just took one look at me and said, I, <clears throat> I um, can't help her. She needs to get assessed. And I said, right, let's get assessed. So we drove then to the, uh, Lisburn, Lagan Valley Hospital and went into a room with a girl and told her exactly what I'm telling you, as crazy as it sounds. I told her everything because I thought she'll fix me, she'll help. Um, and by law, I think all they can say is, how is your faith? I don't think by law they're allowed to share the Lord Jesus Christ or the gospel message. So she said to me, how's your faith? And I said, well, I believe in God and I've been praying and I know he's gonna help me. And she said, right okay so um she told me just to go home and and relax to just to have a bit of time out for a while so my mom and dad came out of work robert came out of work he took on uh, all the school runs and all the swimming runs and the ballet runs and while i rested my mom in her head is tidy house tidy mind so she tidied the house because that's what she knew best to do um and i think just my dad kept his eye on me so um, after a couple of weeks, everything started to kind of feel a bit better. So my mom and dad went home and uh, Robert went back to work and I started doing the mother and toddler groups and, and all the different things that, that you do as a mum. And I just all had this feeling, just this uh, disgusting, just heavy feeling all the time. and. I didn't know what it was and I couldn't understand why I felt like this. Um, so I was in the ballet waiting room, one of the girls was in ballet this day and a girl that I'd been talking to on and off for a year or so was sharing all about her holiday in Israel and telling me what a great time that she had and, and I said to her, why, why would you go to Israel? Is there not wars going on over there? And she said, well, we're Christians. And I was like, right, okay. And I said to her, well, can I ask your opinion? What's your opinion of yoga and of Reiki? And she looked at me and she said, well, it's not of God. You open yourself up to evil. 
And I said to her, I know what's wrong, but I, I didn't know then. I didn't know, but I know now. And um, she said to me, well, I know because I walk with God. You'd know if you walk with God. I remember just thinking, like, I've never heard anything like that before, walking with God. And um, she said, has, has something happened? So I told her a few bits and pieces, and she said to me, well, maybe you might need a bit of deliverance. And I said, what's deliverance? And she says, it's whenever people pray for you. And I said, yes, that's what I need, Nicola. And she says, I'll, I'll get you a number. So about four weeks later, uh, she got me this number. And, and I felt okay. This was on a Wednesday, I felt fine. And by the Saturday, I lifted the phone and I phoned this number. And um, a lovely man called Jim McTurnahan answered um, from Abbott's Cross Congregational Hall. And I told him exactly what I'm telling you tonight. And um, so he made an appointment for me to go over to the church on a, on a Wednesday evening. And so the next day I was telling my friend and the mother and toddlers, Michelle, that we'd got to know each other just from the, the children being there. And I said to her, I'm going for deliverance on Wednesday night. And she says, what's deliverance? And I says, well, I, I don't know, but I need it. And she says, well, I'll go with you. And Michelle wasn't a Christian. And I said, right, okay. So the two of us uh, went to Abbott's Cross Congregational. And um, just as soon as we walked in, three of the most godliest people were there. And like whenever I started sharing my testimony, there wasn't a tear in sight. <laughs> But I think as you grow with the Lord and you just know and realize just what he done and the people that he used, do you know, I'd just be forever grateful. So, <laughs> excuse the tears. <laughs> um, so I sat with um, Jim and Raymond and Anne. And I think now, like, they give up their Wednesday evening, do you know, for two hours for this crazy girl <laughs> who didn't go to church. He, uh, whenever they asked, was it a Christian? I said yes, because as far as I was concerned, I was a good Christian girl. Um, but no, I'd never heard the gospel message or anything like that. And I sat and I told them exactly um, what I'm telling you. And so they just explained to me that that feeling that I feel is called sin. And they told me that nobody can take that away but the Lord Jesus Christ. And um, so they explained to me that I needed to repent for my sins and I need to turn to the Lord Jesus Christ because God sent him to die on a cross and to bleed and die for me and that he was buried and then three days later that he rose again and that's the name that I need to call upon. So as far as I was concerned, repentance, I had turned away from all that because I knew I would never ever do it again. But the thing with repentance is that you need to turn from your sin and you need to turn to the Lord Jesus Christ. So I had turned away from all that a good time ago, but I didn't know that I needed to turn to the Lord Jesus Christ. And as soon as they told me that message, it was just like I grabbed onto the Lord that I knew he could fix me, he could help me. And, and I repented and they anointed me and they laid their hands on me and started praying and like what happened next is was an absolute miracle. It was like 
It was like the Lord came right into the room at that very second. It wasn't a few minutes down the line. It was bang, right there and then. He came in and literally got all that sin and just threw it out at such a force. And Michelle seen it with her eyes. I could feel it, but Michelle could see it. And Michelle wasn't a Christian. She is now. <laughs> Do you know, it was just... It was, it was the Lord Jesus Christ. He came and he saved, like he saved me. And when I say saved, I mean literally, he literally saved me. Um, and they prayed and they prayed for me and prayed with me. And, and after, um, after I was like, what do I do now? And the wee man Raymond, he said, you go out there and you get yourself a Bible and you get into the word of God. So that's what I done. And I drove home and I remember driving home and I just looked at Michelle and I was like, did I just get saved in there? And she said, yes, you did. And we went home and uh, Robert, he, he made his tea and we were sitting and it was that very, um, that very childlike faith, you know, I'd phoned my dad as well the next day and I said, Daddy, Jesus is alive. Jesus Christ alive. He saved me last night. All that sin, all that stuff that happened, that's all gone. That's totally gone. He saved me there and then. You can ask Michelle. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know, it was just, it was like, just like that. Everything changed. Um, I, the next day I drove down to the Faith Mission bookshop um, because I needed to get a Bible. And I think the lady that worked there, she could tell that I didn't have a clue. So she came over and she said to me, um, if, you know, if, if you're getting a Bible, um, open it at Matthew, and, because that'll tell you all about Jesus. If you start at the start, you'll kind of get a bit lost. So um, I did, and I, I, I have not stopped reading the Bible since. Um, I'll just read some verses. <clears throat> so Mark... Chapter 9, verse 14, about Jesus casting a demon out from a boy. Well, like I'm reading this for the first time and I'm going, Robert, where do you hear? Where do you hear this story? This is exactly what happened. This is exactly what happened to me. I read Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today and forever. And I was like, well, Robert, that's true because what he done for me yesterday he done for that wee boy all those years ago, so that's true. I read Hosea chapter 4, verse 6. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. I also know that that's true because I was very nearly totally destroyed. Um, I didn't know the word of God. I didn't know the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and because of that, I would have been totally destroyed. Matthew um, Chapter 7, verse 15, talks about the wolves and the sheep's clothing. I know that that is true as well because I met those wolves. And the thing about them are they don't look like wolves. They look like sheep. And perhaps they don't even know that they're wolves themselves. Um, and like I have not stopped reading the word of God because it's truth. And I know that it's the truth. So I believe it. I stand on it, I live under it, and I don't need to seek advice from, from people. 
You know, I go straight to the Lord. I go straight to the Lord. And the Bible says that he is the name above all names. Do you know, I go straight there. And whenever all this happened to me, I used to, um, it was traumatic. It's traumatic to uh, realize that there is um, a spiritual realm. Do you know, if, if you've never heard of that in your life, and the next minute you're right in the middle of it without the Lord, it is a scurry, scurry place to be. I, it really, really is. Um, so after the, after the uh, deliverance ministry, we spend every summer in our caravan in Ballywalter. And um, I just, I, was re- I got the Bible up. I was reading, reading the Bible and reading and reading. And come the end of the summer, I said to Robert, I need to know more about this Jesus. I need to know more about him. And it just so happened, about five minutes uh, drive from my house, there was a Bible college. And I used to drive past it all the time and wonder what goes on in there. <laughs> so I know now. Um, so I joined the course for um, the Christian education course. And the every, every term, there's like three subjects. And of course, the term that I start the subject is on cults. And um, like I'm sitting in a class full of, of Christian people and they're talking just words that I had n- wasn't in my language, like witnessing. Um, I had to say to the girl next door to me, uh, what's that mean? She says, it's when you tell people about Jesus. I was like, right, okay, uh, yeah, I've got that one, I know that one. Um, so like there was a lot of, uh, a lot of new phrases and, and things that, that I didn't know. Um, and the teacher that night was talking about new age and he was talking about all, all different things about the new age. And, um, he said, does anybody have any experience of this? And through a lot of, um, through a lot of tears, I spoke for about 30 seconds because sometimes people maybe just brush it off and say, that's a lot of rubbish, but it's not. It's very, very real. It's very real. And you must be on your guard. Um, So after that class, a man in my class, Robbie Boyce, came up to me and said, Lisa, you need to tell your story. You you need to tell people. And I was like, I'm only here to learn about the Lord Jesus. I never, ever want to talk about that again, what happened to me. It was traumatic. It nearly nearly wrecked us. Um, So... Like, it took me weeks to even just get my head around things. Um, and I said, no, uh, no. <laughs> so uh, then a lot of months later, the course was finishing. And he said to me, Lisa, have a think about sharing your testimony. It's something that people need to hear. Um, so I said, OK, I will. And I prayed and I prayed and, and I prayed, Lord, I just pray that you stir the hearts of your people and that you open their eyes to the dangers of all this and open their eyes as well just to the reality of the Lord Jesus Christ. He's alive. He is alive. Um, And I know it, and it's the best news. Um, So I went through a lot of nerves and a lot of praying. And Robert wouldn't go because, um, my husband, because his nerves wouldn't let him. 
So he said, I'll stay at home and, and pray for you. And I said, right, okay. So I said to uh, Robbie Boyce at our address mission hall before um, before the evening started, would you mind recording this? Because um, what I'm going to share tonight, I don't even think Robert knows the half of it. Um, and it's something I don't ever really want to talk about again. Um, and he was like, right, okay. So he recorded it. He face recorded it. Um, I didn't know what, what a mission hall was. I'd never heard of it before. So I was there in my caravan clothes. Um, you know, didn't think it would be uh, videoed. So he asked me at the end of the service, would I mind if he put it on Facebook? And I said, no, work away. And he did. And um, it just shows you when you give your life to the Lord Jesus Christ, what, what he does with a life. And... So many people had seen that testimony, so many. And I started getting phone calls then from pastors. And I was panicking. And uh, the lady that was involved in my prayer ministry, and she became like a mentor to me. So there was no other Christians in my family. So she uh, would have met up with me and still does every fortnight. And she taught me how to pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, she taught me how to read scripture, how to how to look for God's promises in scripture. Um, so she always told me to pray about everything. So whenever I started getting phone calls from pastors, I um, I said, I'll, I'll kind of pray about it and, and get back to you. And then another phone call came and another phone call came. And so I went out and bought a diary and I just said, Lord, if, if this is your will for my life, then fill the diary up. And he has. And, you know, he's provided me with a a platform to come into the house of the Lord. Do you know, I'd never been in churches before. It was weddings or, or funerals. And, and now I'm in, you know, I've been in so many churches meeting the loveliest of people. Um, things that changed for me. The, door, the, the Lord says in his word that he closes doors that nobody can open and he opens doors that nobody can shut. So he um, took away from me music, worldly music, I never thought that that was wrong. Um, I know now that I need to be very, very careful of what goes into my ears and what goes into my eyes. Um, he took away as well superstition, which was something that uh, I was brought up with. You know, don't walk under a ladder or, you know, one for sorrow, those kind of things. And I remember driving the car and seeing two magpies and thinking, why am I not saying one for sorrow, two for joy? It was because that wasn't part of me. That wasn't part of me. The Lord just took it away. Um, so yes, now I live my life for the Lord. My husband got saved a couple of weeks after me. My children are saved. Um, they're on the right path. You know, if I uh, had it continued where I was, they would have been on a very, very wrong, dark path. Um, and and now, yeah, we live our life for the Lord. We have give our marriage to the Lord. Um, we dedicate our children to the Lord, our houses for the Lord. So, um, yeah, I could stand and, and talk all night about what the Lord has done for me. But the main thing is, he died on a cross he bled for you and for me. He was buried. He rose again three days later and he's alive. Yeah. 
do you know, and he saves, he saves lives. For someone like me, didn't go to church, you know, he broke through into my life in such a, an unbelievable way that um, I am just forever grateful and I will sing of his praises as long as he wants me to. Um, so I'll maybe just finish in one verse. It's in Colossians. Colossians chapter 1, verse 13. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of his love, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. So yes, that's my story. And the other thing is, if uh, you are here tonight and you're a born-again believer and some of the things that I've spoke about, maybe you have tried in the past or um, and the, the Holy Spirit's maybe speaking to you tonight. The, th the thing is, you don't let um, the devil take you captive over that. You go straight to the Lord and you repent for it and you know that the Lord f will forgive you and don't let it hinder your walk with the Lord anymore. Um, and if you're not born again here tonight, you know, you have heard the message of the gospel of what the Lord Jesus Christ can do in a life. And if he can save me, he can save anyone. Praise the Lord. Amen.